We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hola, Gules. We want to start episode 29 of the Barcelona podcast by thanking Cristo and Michael for becoming our patrons. If you enjoy the show and want to be part of it, do like Michael, do like Cristo, and show your support and head over to tvpod.link slash Patreon. That is tvpod.link slash Patreon. We will be forever grateful if you consider donating as little as $3, which is next to nothing, to support our show. Um, there's a sentence that says every little helps use by Tesco in the UK I think that's what we're going for every little helps thank you for your support so head over to tvpod.link forward slash patreon to ensure that we can continue to deliver the breaking hotest breaking stories from the Camp Nou alright then time to cue the music And welcome to the Barcelona Podcast. We're bringing you the hottest breaking stories from the camp. No, and hottest breaking stories, especially today with the transfer window in the UK ready to close. I'm Dan Hilton from the Barca Blog team here in New York, and I'm joined across the ocean by Frances Tomas, as seen on ESPN and BarcaBlog.com. You can follow our show with the show notes at tbpod.link backslash 29. That is, again, tbpod.link backslash 29. Frances, with the transfer window closing, it kind of writes itself, but what are we going to talk about today? Well, we want to talk about that. It's tbpod29, all about the transfer window madness that is going on right now. Um, it's far too quick to, to sort of get hold of, but we are trying our best. And then we're going to hopefully have time for listener questions, which we're very grateful for. The Barcelona podcast starts right here. And it starts with that Brazilian midfielder that we've been talking about for so many weeks now, Philippe Coutinho. At the time of recording this podcast, Philippe Coutinho is not yet leaving Liverpool, not yet a Barcelona player, and things really haven't changed in the last 24 to 48 hours. The big question that is being asked and what's making so many pundits ponder is that Liverpool have already signed Naby Keita from RB Leipzig in Germany, but they've done it for next summer and are basically it's a done deal that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain of Arsenal will be a Liverpool player. That's one of the signings that Liverpool have already completed as well. And with the signings of Keita and Oxlade-Chamberlain, Frances, I think that these signings express Liverpool's intent that they've long been coupled with Arsenal and probably Tottenham as teams that are good enough for second best in the Premier League. 
but they don't win the title and aren't real threats in the Champions League, these signings could show that Liverpool are looking and prepared to take that next step the, to align themselves with the Chelsea's, with the Manchester United's, in distinction from where they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I think it's all about whether Liverpool want to be a great team or they want to be the best team in the UK and uh, eventually Europe. Uh, I think that's what the Onan group of Liverpool, who are Fenway group, uh, are trying to make a statement with all of this story. Um, it is no wonder that Coutinho is uh, a player that Barca has been chasing. Um, Iniesta is not getting any younger. And obviously, Coutinho is one of the best choices, if not the best choice in the current transfer market. So it is unquestionable that Barca's interest in Coutinho um, is, is right. However, with Liverpool are going to close the transfer deal, the transfer window, sorry, a day earlier, uh, because that's how it works in the UK. Um, in Spain, the transfer window closes at midnight on the 1st of September. That means that Liverpool are going to do all the selling or the buy-in before the transfer window closes. But then once it happens, then Spanish teams, obviously Barca in this case, have got a further day in order to buy people from anywhere in the world. And that obviously includes the British Premiership. So it will be really important to see that Liverpool will going to close their business. They have been chasing Naby Keita from Leipzig, which at this moment it is reported that is a done deal. Obviously, they're chasing Renato Sanchez from Bayern Munich as well, Thomas Lamar from Monaco. And if you add all of that together, that's a potential 120 million euros that they are spending. Now, you could argue that Liverpool are a major club historically uh, with a big financial muscle behind them. But, you know, 120 million euros is quite a lot of money. Um, it, people in Barcelona, the Catalan media, are reporting that they probably are spending all that money because they know they've got money for Coutinho coming in. Um, personally, I'm not really that sure that that's the case. Um, as we spoke about in our previous podcast, I do believe that Liverpool are not going to let Coutinho go. Um, I know that this is different from what you may be listening pretty much everywhere else, but um, they've done it before with Gerrard, they've done it before with Robbie Fowler, and uh, considering Liverpool get so much ticks from the fans who are very passionate and are sort of worldwide, um, I think it probably is about time that they start sticking to their guns and that's what they're trying to do. So I'm not very optimistic. Obviously, by the time you hear this podcast, the news may have broken in a different direction. But if I have to bet my house on it, I would say Coutinho stays in England. And a little something for housekeeping. Renato Sanchez from Bayern Munich is official to Swansea City in the Premier League. So Liverpool had missed out on that player. And we'll talk about Thomas Lamar, who you had mentioned when speaking about Coutinho, and you kind of can see how the dominoes do fall and all of these players seemingly are interconnected in the fact that a club can't get one player until they've sold another player, or if one club buys one player, that frees up room and space for another club to come in and take one of their players so that all the money works. And that's a good point, Frances, and that's why this Coutinho from Liverpool is just as puzzling as Coutinho to Barcelona, because to come from Liverpool, you'd assume that Liverpool would have to have made a bunch of big signings, so they'll need the influx of cash. But as you had mentioned, with the money in the Premier League, I don't really think that Liverpool need that influx of cash, because as we had talked about, Naby Keita isn't until next summer even. So this summer, they truly haven't spent that much. Now things could be different with Lamar, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, we want to speak about Paulo Dybala. 
And we have had an entire show on Dybala as well in the past. Dybala, of course, the forward from Juventus. And, you know, you've read that if Barcelona were to get Dybala, it's as a contingency plan as or as a backup to Coutinho. And to me, Frances, we profiled Dybala as almost the perfect player to come to Barcelona. And he was at the top of our list with Marco Verratti at the beginning of the summer. So months and months and months ago. And I don't see Barcelona scrambling and figuring out a way to sign a guy like Dybala. Dybala is a guy that you would hope wants to come to the club, and so he signs at the beginning of a summer or the beginning of a transfer window. So Dybala, yes, possible for next summer, but not this summer. And then the question then would be, Frances, and if Dybala were to be obtained next summer, would that most likely mean that Coutinho wasn't bought with all that money this summer or even the case of like a Luis Suarez would be sold? I think it just depends what um, we want to believe. The Catalan media... Um, opened the both both Sport and Mundo Deportivo opened the headlines with um, Dybala is becoming a plan B together with um, Lamar and obviously Di Maria being thrown in there as well. Even Griezmann was mentioned. Um, as you mentioned, Dybala is not a plan B. Dybala should have been the number one priority that Barca were chasing this summer. At 23 years old, he's a star for Juventus and Argentina. Obviously, we've got a little number 10 who's also Argentinian, so that connection with Messi would be fantastic. Um, Dybala is a really mobile, gifted player when on the ball. He's young yet experienced, but, you know, he's not for sale. Juventus are not stupid. They are the current runners-up in European level, and they're in a Champions League um, group in the group stages. They're not going to be selling their best player right now, so that is pretty obvious. Um, in previous season, Barca have been sort of exploring the market as the season has gone through. And once the window opened, they had all of these players ready, um, like Henri, I've said in previous podcasts as well, Henri, um, David Villa, etc. came during the first week, but homework weren't done on time. Um, I really can't wait for the transfer window to close to see what comes out of all of these. But getting Dybala a day before the transfer market closes as a plan B in the front pages of the Catalan media makes little sense. I think it's a smokescreen, you know, it's just the fact that Liverpool may have actually said we're not selling Coutinho and they have said nothing different all year. Um, And, you know, throwing the name of Dybala in front of the media now is just a bit of a smokescreen, a bit of an excuse. And I just don't know where the board is trying to go. And I really do hope that someone does come because the squad does need reinforcement particularly if Andre Gomez, Arda, Rafinha, etc. are to leave, which, again, is not a definite yet, is it? And along the same lines, Frances, with the news about Dybala being a backup plan, with the transfer money that it is, I can't imagine what Dybala's price tag would be. And we've got a fan question about Dybala and Coutinho from Toon. They ask, Dybala would be, in my opinion, a positive reinforcement, but what chance do we have in getting him if we start pursuing him in the last days of a transfer window? If we don't get Coutinho after chasing him for weeks and weeks, it will be another embarrassment for the club and our board, as they have been told time and again he was not for sale, unless they know something we don't. Can't wait for the soap opera that is this year's transfer window to finish. And Toon, we kind of just talked about it. We agree with you that Dybala would be almost impossible to be pursued in two days particularly for the amount of money that he would cost. And so I think it'd be quite difficult. And for Frances and I, we hope this soap opera ends soon too. Yeah, I also think Dybala may not actually have been chased in the last two days. 
You know, that's what the newspapers are saying. That's maybe someone from the club just sort of dropping a couple of text messages to someone within the press and then they're just leaking that out. But to be honest, I really do hope the board has not done that with two days to go because it's just really embarrassing when they've been repeatedly told that, no, it's not happening. Um, it just screams lack of planning, lack of forward thinking and shambles to me. Because not only do this board, as you had previously mentioned, have to do all their buying now in basically the last two days, but they have a ton of selling to do as well. And that could start with Andre Gomez, where other players aren't necessarily the players that teams want. But for Andre Gomez, reportedly Juventus for a while have been thinking about buying him. But now more recently, Tottenham, West Ham, and even Juventus all could be in on a loan with the potential to buy. And Frances, for a player that is still quite young, I think that seems like a really reasonable thing. That if he can kickstart his career in the Premier League or even Serie A for Juventus, then maybe he still has a place at Barcelona afterwards. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I just think that there are too many midfielders and that if Andre Gomez is to leave and any of the of foreign clubs want, want him in their squad, then they have to pay up. We spent 35 million euros on Andre last season. He was below par all of this season, uh, didn't live up to the standard at all. And his adaptation period is now finished. So if he stayed, it wouldn't be a problem in my eyes. I mean, there's people such as Turan. Um, and Rafinha even that need to leave before Andre Gomez in my eyes but um, if he is to leave we need to make the 35 million back Um, having him on loan to be honest I don't think it's a good deal I think if it's a loan with a guarantee that next year they're gonna pay up say 40 million or 45 million for him then then all welcome but I would rather have the money back and uh, move on because if within a year playing alongside Messi and Iniesta you haven't been able to catch up and you've got the Camino fan base so against you, um, it's very unlikely that it will change. You know, if he was to stay, we're all for giving him a chance. But if the money's on the table, I would take it right now. And Barcelona are going to need that money of selling players if they're going to bring in the one or two players that Robert Fernandez has promised. And one of those players could be Thomas Lamar. But if Thomas Lamar was not 90% on his way to Liverpool, then and the stories to be to be believed are the ones that are rumored that Barcelona would like to hijack the deal to Liverpool. It doesn't have much credence. It seems like Lamar's on his way to Liverpool. And if that wasn't the case, he probably would have been the headline here as he was a player that we haven't really talked about much in the last week. And every time you hear about a club hijacking a deal, as PSG might have done for Serri earlier in the summer to Barcelona just to drive up the player's price, I'm always... I seemingly am always very skeptical of things like that. Yes, it seems like it makes a lot of sense from a business sense, but for two days left in the transfer window, Barcelona probably shouldn't be upsetting Liverpool And if they want to get negotiations done with Coutinho, and they probably should be taking care of their own business instead of trying to do things like that. Yeah, <laughs> totally agreed. But um, having studied Lamar a little bit more, obviously he's part of the very successful, very impressive young Monaco from last season. He's now 21 years old. He's a French international as well and has played in Monaco since 2015. Um, he's worth around 80 million euros, which when you consider Coutinho's going for 160 million, um, is a reasonable price. He's a dribbler. He's someone who can run players one-on-one. He focuses on passing as well whenever needed. He can play both in either wing and also um, be quite comfortable within a central role. He's pretty much a versatile player, an all-rounder, 
uh, attacking player that obviously if Liverpool are to sign in, then it's a very good choice. Um, 55 appearances last year, 14 goals um, for Monaco and 17 assists give, makes him a very, very complete, attractive player. He's left-footed, com- but confident with both. So, you know, he's, he's a very, very good choice. Um, he can score some free kicks as well. And as I said before, he loves combining with his teammates. So if probably that sounds like someone that Liverpool would want to sign so that Coutinho can leave. But then again, reports coming from the UK say that Liverpool are not selling. So as I said before, I can't wait for all of this madness to finish. So we actually know where we stand. But Lamar, regardless of whether he ends up at Liverpool or very unlikely at Barcelona, he's a good player and someone to watch for the future. Yeah, Lamar of all the guys other than Dybala that we've mentioned and will mention is the most exciting guy that I think Barcelona could capture. And so from one winger slash midfielder, a versatile player that we would hope that Barcelona get, instead the more likely option is probably going to be the 29-year-old winger and center option that we have begrudgingly spoken about before, and that is Angel Di Maria. I don't, obviously the the link with Di Maria will not die until the end of the transfer window. And unfortunately, there's a gut feeling I have, Frances, that Di Maria might be one of those one or two other signings. Because even though it's PSG, it just seems like Di Maria is going to be gotten at a, a cheaper price and with an easier negotiation because with Neymar there and Kylian Mbappe done to PSG as well, Di Maria isn't going to have a place and he'll be a lot easier to acquire. Yeah, Di Maria, you know, I've been very sort of outspoken before um, about about his signing. He's an ex-Real Madrid player. He would be quite expensive considering his age. He's 29, sort of going on 30 years old now. So he's no one sort of for the future. He's someone for sort of right now. Um, we will be helping PSG get over the FFP, financial fair play, um, sort of, dilemma that they're going through right now after taking Neymar off us for 222 million euros and you know Di Maria is a story that hasn't gone away you know I thought it was going to be a bit of a fade obviously a website got hacked an official club website got hacked and Di Maria was announced as a result but you know here we are two three weeks after and his name's still being thrown around still sort of talked about as a pretty much certainty in Catalonia, both in the Catalan media, sort of sport and Mundo Deportivo, but also within the Catalan national TV, TV3. And yeah, RACU, which is uh, one of the most important radio stations for Barca at local level, still talking about Di Maria. Listen, he's someone who can unbalance a game. You have to give him that. He can add by and fraud that someone such as, say, Andre Gomez or Arda Turan or Rafinha or even Dennis at this moment in time is not adding. Um, he will be a close sort of ally to Messi because they're both Argentinian from Rosario as well. But to be honest, I still don't want him, you know. he We should have had much better, healthier, younger, with more potential options at this moment in time that the board should have sort of be done with at this moment. It's not, it's not the right time to be talking about Di Maria. He seems to me like a last resort option that is going to help someone who really screwed us up this summer. So... It's still a no for me. Barcelona do have a younger, healthier forward on their books right now who is almost certain to leave, and that is Munir El Haddadi. Will not be at the club quite shortly, whether it's likely Torino in, the, in Serie A or could be Crystal Palace. You've heard as well 
Roma in the past, but that's probably not going to happen. So whether or not it's Torino or Crystal Palace, Munir's time at Barca is done. 10 goals with Barcelona as a backup behind the Trident two years ago, and then six goals last year out on loan with Valencia in 33 appearances. The price is said to be about $12 million, and Munir's still in his early 20s. That's another one of those where Barcelona have to get at least $12 million for Munir. Yeah, and at 21 years old, this is not someone who obviously is ready for our team right now. Um, he stayed at Valencia all of last season. He scored six goals in 33 appearances, which is not spectacular at all. And he did have plenty of playing time in Valencia, made a lot of starts. And, you know, it's a quite competitive team, historically great um, in Spanish football, but he couldn't establish himself there. And the most telling point is that Valencia did not execute the 12 million euros buy clause that they had on him. So if we can offload then at his reported for 12 million to Torino, then so be it. You know, um, I would say if possible, include a buyback clause so that say in a year or two, he has exploded in Italy, then we can get him back somehow. But as I said, it is the right thing to do at this moment and 12 million for Munir right now seems like a good deal to me the next guy on our list Douglas will not be commanding a 12 million euro transfer fee but could be finally moving on to Benfica if either a fee is decided upon or it's a loan with an obligation to buy so either way it seems like the Douglas negotiations are in their final chapter as well and he should be gone within the day he should do. He should do. We love Douglas. You know, we've spoken about it before as well. We love Douglas. Um, he's a player that should have never been with us and was loaned up to Sporting Gijón last season and didn't really do much at all. Um, and, you know, Sporting Gijón, with all due respect to all my friends, which I've got loads in Asturias, to be honest, um, is not the biggest club in the world. And they are heavily involved in the relegation battle pretty much every season. And he couldn't, he couldn't establish himself there. So even Fika think that they've got someone who they can work with in order to help him reach his full potential, then, you know, they're very welcome to have Douglas. Um, as long as we can cover his wage until his contract runs out, I'm, I'm happy with that. Potential is the key word that takes us to our final guy we're going to talk about in what basically has been just a transfer window rundown of all the players that could be in could be out and before we talk about this last guy unfortunately in that list of guys we just talked about Arto Turan was not on the list Frances. he wasn't in the list but um I have got high hopes that Galatasaray are going to continue to push for him um obviously loads to do for the Barca board right now in the last 24 hours which is the point we keep making it's just too late it's too little too late to be honest but um Galatasaray directors said that they were going to chase as far and as hard as they could for Turan. And if it's a loan for the season, we can save his wage. That would be that would be good. Um, if he didn't go, I've got high hopes for the Chinese transfer window that opens in the winter. And last season, we had an offer around $35 million for Turan, which is what we paid two summers ago. But um, Luis Enrique at the time thought that he was a valid player he wanted to use. Then he didn't, which is why we're here again. But, you know, let's see. Let's see where we are. But I think with Turan, we need to ideally sell him on for a good 15, 20 million now. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to be silly enough to give us 35, given the fact that he's done next to nothing in the last 12 months. But um, if we have to hold on to him until December, then that is with, you know, with our side put on someone from China coming in with a 
beautiful, lovely, money-loaded check so that he can go to them. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but you know that's that's where we are. It's someone who really didn't work out for us. And the problem with playing at Barca is that whether you're great or not amazing, everyone realizes because of um, the exposure that the club has. And the final guy on the list that I just teased is the one that I think hurts my heart the most, Frances, and it's the young forward, Sung-Hoo Lee, the South Korean forward who missed a few years of his development, just over two years of the pivotal time as a teenage player because of the transfer ban that Barcelona had got gotten from FIFA a few years ago. And the only real reason he is leaving, he's going to Elas Verona. He's signing a, a four- to five-year contract. And the reason that's happened is because of the two non-EU spots for Barcelona B are already being occupied by Vitinho, who came over on loan. And then the 24-year-old forward that was signed, the Honduran forward, Anthony Choco Lozano. And so those two spots are filled, and there's not enough room for Sung-Hoo Lee. And the reason this one hurts so much, Frances, is because you look through the years as that supposed production line from the Youth Academy... You always want to look at players in you know the 13, 14, 15-year-old range where you think someday they can get to the first team. These are the guys that are standing out at youth level, and they're, you know, we don't want to rush them to the first team, but they're guys you get excited about. And he's been a guy that you were excited about basically until the minute the transfer ban happened, and you just have to think that he can only sign for a, a team not even close to the top of Italy's pyramid and that just tells you the market there was for a player like Sung Hoo Lee, and it wasn't much. And so I hope that he can get his career on track, but you know that missing those pivotal years in his development absolutely hurt the player's career. It is heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. Lee could have been pushing for the first team right now, if not sort of doing the preseason with us in the way that Alenia did. But because of the FIFA ban his progression was totally spoiled, as you very rightly mentioned. Um, we are all about producing and promoting and sort of nurturing La Masia talent, but it's just not, it's, it, there's nothing we could do in this situation. Um, if anyone that's played football professionally or amateur level, which um, I have, not professionally, obviously, but I, I played football for over 25 years of my life, um, the moment that you stop is really hard to get back to it. And uh, even though that Lee was playing in a sort of uh, exhibition games within the La Masia Academy, so that's during training sessions or between Barca B and Barca C or Juveniles or Cadetes or whatever, um, there's always sort of unofficial games going on throughout the week. And he was playing on those, but, you know, unless you play competitively, they, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same level. Um, Lee is not someone who is sort of a really strong player as such. He's more gifted and he's quite small as well. But um, all of that could have come with sort of ongoing competition. And he just wasn't lucky enough because of the FIFA ban to be able to get it. He was very patient throughout his ban. He had offers to go elsewhere, but he decided to stay with us. And we are very grateful for him to do that. But when he's come to it, he just, when he's returned, so once he's, he, um, became of age at 18 years old and he sort of rejoined the team and was available for selection again. He was just not at the level because of the lack of competition that, that I've been explaining. So it really does break our hearts to see such a 
sort of talented prospect leaving, um, Barca are reportedly going to get 1.5 million euros for a player who's not playing and he's not sort of making the team at Barca B. So from a business perspective, it is actually a good deal. And the fact that we've got a buyback option for the next two years, really and hopefully, is something that we can use to bring him back because he's really loved in Catalonia. Um, obviously, South Korean is someone sort of very exotic for us because, you know, most of the players are sort of national from Catalonia or, or even Spain. And, you know, people have really warmed up to him, but he's not cutting a Barca B. So the only option is for him to sort of look for his future as well. And hopefully there's that sort of bond, that two year buyback option that we can hopefully exercise in the near future. Along with Lee, we have to remind you at the beginning of the summer, Jordi Mbula, one of the highly rated players in the academy, a teenager, also left for AS Monaco and under the radar as well, Sung Ho Pak, who who both showed with Lee well at the, with South Korea at the U20 World Cup earlier in the summer as well. Pak just kind of out of nowhere, you expected that he was going to be the next big midfielder at Barcelona for a number of years, and he seemed to do better after coming back from the transfer ban. But Pak, as I said, very quietly signed with Girona for a multi-year deal, and I'm not sure about the buyback clause on his, but now with Girona, the one thing that we had talked about, I mean, this is now months and months ago, that could Barcelona send some players to local Girona, who's now in La Liga? Well, Manchester City actually bought a stake in Girona, a majority stake. And so, Pac, now if anything, instead of coming back to Barcelona, might be more likely to play for Manchester City if he winds up succeeding. Yeah, and how clever was Manchester City in doing that? This is a team that has a huge fan base behind them. Um, never really been in the Primera División ever before. And um, every single game day, I mean, we've we had one. It was against Atletico on the opening day. That was insane. You know, I I've, I've wasn't lucky enough to be there at the time, but I've seen plenty of videos. Uh, I know from uh, my family and friends, um, that attended the game, that they, it was buzzing. You know, they'd never seen the city like that. And it is a really encouraging place to be. Girona, obviously, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for players who are young um, to sort of work and develop alongside the more established players who are the ones that actually got them to first division. And Manchester City, obviously, being able to loan out, uh, being able to collaborate with Girona coming on is great news for Girona, obviously, but also for Manchester City, because if they can continue to be in the top flight of the Spanish football, this is somewhere that players can develop in order to come back to England. So without a doubt, Manchester City were cleverer than Barca in terms of um, striking a deal with Girona. Great, great, great move. So now is the time in the show. We've got fan questions. We've got two that I'll read together, and then Frances and I will attempt to answer them the best we can. First from Christo. Hey guys, now that Dembele is signed, do you think it'll be Messi central, Suarez left, and then Dembele on the right? Think Messi can move in and out as he sees fit, and shouldn't put too much on his shoulders to track back and defend? Also, who else would you try to sign now? Christo thinking that Liverpool will not let Coutinho go, and Christo also agreeing with, should we maybe save the money and go for Dybala next year? Yes, I think, as we spoke about earlier in the show, I think Dybala should have been the number one transfer sort of target this, this year. Um, hopefully he was. We're never going to find out, but hopefully he was. And it was sort of Juventus' um, denial and refusal to sell. That means that Dybala is not going to join us this season. 
Um, in terms of positioning of the front three, I would say, obviously, let's just say, start by saying Messi has been central uh, while Dembele wasn't signed and Luis Suarez has been ax um, absent. And he has played quite well. The thing is, when Suarez comes back, I think the central striker spot has to be for him. If that happens, which in my eyes makes perfect sense, then it's whether to choose to put Dembele on the left and Messi on, on the right or vice versa. Now, because of uh, Messi being a left-footed player, I think his best position, if he's going to play in the wings or start in the wings, because, you know, let's, <laughs> let's face it, Messi plays whatever he wants. Um, I would say he needs to start in the front right because when he dri he's dribbling towards goal, he's sort of going to his favorite sort of shooting foot, which is obviously the left one. So I would say right wing for Messi and I would praise Dembele on the left. Obviously, as we've spoken about before in a previous episode, um, running towards the byline, um, we'd like to assist as much as possible. Um, if he's anything as he was in Germany, Luis Suarez and Messi are both in for plenty of quality assists. But obviously, as we also mentioned, I think Dembele needs to work on his finishing and uh, being slightly more selfish as he was in Borussia Dortmund last season and try and make sure that he hits more goals and the target more often in order to be that total player that opponents have to mark, not just watching for his assists, but also looking for avoiding long range and close range shots, which could potentially become goal scoring opportunities. And I would also think formation wise that while Messi makes sense the most now, it's seeming, it seems in the center, if Dembele and Messi, both guys who like to cut in, if that's just the way they play, I think you could see the two forwards, if Suarez stays in the middle, a little bit closer than we're used to seeing them. And the way that Valverde clearly wanted to play and showed the way he wanted to play is having those two central midfielders in front of Busquets playing closer out wide towards the wing backs now in Jordi Alba and whether it's Vidal, Sergi Roberto it was last week, or Nelson Semedo. So that would free up the space in the middle of the field for Dembele and Messi to cut in a little bit. So I think it is all possible, and I think the way that these players like to play is going to create that space as well. Coming back to the original question by Christos, um, I want to sort of have a little bit of an aside here. A player that hasn't been mentioned at all um, in any media that I'm aware of all summer is Coque from Atletico Madrid. The guy is a machine. Um, he was linked to Barca really heavily last season, but obviously he renewed his contract with Atletico Madrid. But he's got so much charisma. He's someone that attracts the ball. He is obviously, having played under Diego Simeone for so many years now, he's someone who just sort of barks for the ball. You know, he's aggressive, he gets in there. Um, he would add the bite that the Barca midfield sort of so desperately needs. He is creative, obviously a Spanish international, um, being able to play deeper whenever needed, but sort of push forward towards goal-scoring positions. I think Koke would be a fantastic signing that if he hadn't renewed his contract and he wanted to come, Barca could really do with. So thank you, Christos, for your question. Um, hopefully this answers it now. Well, Frances, you already kind of answered our, our next question as well from Mile. Hey, guys, first I must say that you were doing an excellent job. I really love the podcast, and I'm always looking forward for the next episode. My question is, should the club need to sign another midfielder in case Coutinho deal falls through, or should they stick with the current squad? And if you think that another midfielder is necessary... Who should they turn to in the last few days of the transfer period? And I was looking at this and I thought about the past and some of the better deals that 
Barcelona have been able to make. And I watched that game, Valencia versus Real Madrid, and Carlos Soler, a young midfielder for Valencia, is the kind of player that I hope that Barcelona would choose to go after. And even if he wasn't bought now, maybe buy a, get a first option or buy the player, immediately loan him back to Valencia, that kind of thing. Again, he's he just turned 20, plays for a La Liga club. He showed really well, does everything, including passing. He had a goal against Real Madrid, but he also defensively works really hard. And another club, even in the second division, in Inosasuna, they have a lot of little young pieces, 19, 20 years old, that I think Barcelona should be turning their attention in places like that. And even Ajax, Mateus D. Leakt, who's with the Netherlands national team currently. Again, those are the players that I've been saying that Barcelona should be investing in, should be looking at. And if those guys are possible on deals that range from 6 to $20 million even, those are the ways that I would hope that Barcelona would conduct their business more than throwing $160, $180 million on players that are two, three years older and just thinking so much in the short term. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think that the moment that we are right now, the board haven't done their homework. And, and there are many players that could have been gotten, you know. Um, we can't forget that um, Valverde is our coach and he worked with Ander Herrera for many, many seasons. And the guy's been excelling in England. He was fantastic last season for Manchester United. He was chosen as the player of the year by his teammates. Um, but this season, he hasn't been starting that much. So he would be a great choice. Um, Seri, who... We had a, a close deal with um, just a week ago. It would have been another option as well to reinforce our midfield. But then again, uh, when Barca reportedly, and this is all according to reports, we don't know what happened until the transfer window closes, hopefully. Barca went in with a 40 million euro offer already accepted, but then Nice wanted another 10 and Barca pulled out. Um, in hindsight, and I said it last week as well, I think the 50 million for Seri would have been a good choice regardless. And as we spoke about um, earlier in this podcast, Lemar would be a good choice as well. So Coutinho is not the only player in the world. Fair enough. He would add a lot of quality to the squad and he's better than what we have right now. But uh, 160 million euros, I'm not convinced that it's a good investment at all. And by the time this podcast hits your ears, Coutinho still may not be done. As we mentioned, the... La Liga transfer window closes 24 hours after the Premier League one does in the UK. That is happening today. So then we've got one more review before we wrap up from SoFi0518. Gave us five stars on iTunes. Great show. And thank you for the review. Very informative and great insight. Looking forward to adding this to my regular podcast schedule. Forza Barca. And that kind of says all we need to say. Frances, anything else from you? No, just thank you to the listeners for being there. It is a fantastic opportunity that we have to sort of share our Barca love with you. Just continue to be there for us. Um, if you enjoyed the show and you think it's worth supporting us, just head over to tbpod.link forward slash Patreon. That is tbpod.link forward slash Patreon. The, all the links are in the show notes as well. Thank you for being there. See you next time. We also encourage you, the listeners, please go to tvpod.link backslash ask to get involved. Ask us those listener questions that we'd love to have them on the show. You could also see our show notes. And we'd love if you also went to tvpod.link backslash iTunes review to just 
give us a little thought and maybe five stars as well. So as Frances said, that ends our time. Thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast, bringing you the hottest breaking stories from the Camp No. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon and Forza Barca. Forza! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.